Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Don't you see? Don't you see? We just uncovered a $2 million error. We're going to be heroes. We're going up the corporate ladder. It appears as if somebody's trying to defraud the company. Somebody tried to smoke it past the wrong guy. Very, very good work. How would you two like to come to my house at the beach? Love to! For Larry and Richard. How are you? This is a place to die for. You have to kill them, Vito. A little rusty, but it'll come back to me. What, should we we just walk in? But what they don't realize... No, we'll stand out here on weekend. Come on, we're out yet. ...is while they're checking in... Forget the accident with the two guys. Take care of Lomax. Bernie Lomax will be checking out. Oh, my God! What kind of a host invites you to his house for the weekend and dies on you? I don't know. Lomax told whoever he's talking to not to kill us if he's around, right? Yeah, yeah, but Lomax is dead. He's not around anybody anymore. (laughs) I know that. You know that. Nobody else knows that. Huh? Oh! Push for it. looks good enough. Let's go. Uh-oh. Larry, what? Huh? Oh. <laughs> really? Hi, Bernie. Hey, Bernie, just like last week, huh? Oh, Bernie, you animal. You are insatiable. Doesn't anyone realize he's dead? Hold the boat. Got it. Hold the boat. Vito, I'm telling you, Lomax is alive. Maybe Paulie is rustier than we thought. Ooh, Bernie, you're starting to peel. I'm gonna get you out of sun, huh? Is that the killer? How do I know, Richard? Should I stop and ask him? No, just drive! Weekend at Bernie's. Are we doing it again today? Oh, absolutely. You know we are. Great. We'll see you later, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, ladies. We'll see you later. (laughs) God, is this great or what? Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie Weekend at Bernie's from 1989. The studio is 20th Century Fox, release date was July 5th, 1989, the running time, 97 minutes. The rating was PG-13 with the budget of $15 million. The box office took in $30.2 million, making it the 39th ranked movie of 1989. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 54% rotten from 24 reviews. Their critics' consensus is Weekend at Bernie's rings a surprising amount of laughs out of its corpse-driven slapstick premise, but one joke can only carry a film so far. No shock at all, Roger Ebert at the time gave it one out of four stars, and here is his review. Weekend at Bernie's makes two mistakes. It gives us a joke that isn't very funny, and expects the joke to carry an entire movie. Bye. Sounds like Rotten Tomatoes. It's a decision that leads to some long, dreary sequences and a certain desperation on the part of the actors. The movie tells the story of two interchangeable, unremarkable young men, played by Andrew McCarthy and Jonathan Silverman, who work for an insurance company. They discover that someone is stealing from the company and take their discoveries to Bernie, their boss, who is, in fact, the thief. He invites them to his summer home on an island where he plans to have them killed. But first, someone kills Bernie. Movies centering on dead bodies are rarely very funny, which would be a truism if so many directors didn't try to make them. The most famous example is Alfred Hitchcock's The Trouble with Harry, one of his less successful films. But Blake Edwards did pull off the idea in SOB, a movie in which a dead man is able to briefly play an important role. Why don't dead characters work? The temptation is to say that we find them in bad taste. The idea is too gruesome to be funny. But comedy is often founded on bad taste and the offensive, and I think the problem is more obvious. They don't work because they require the other characters to be so stupid. Stupid! You're so stupid! 
In Weekend at Bernie's, for example, it should be immediately obvious to several people that Bernie is dead. In order for them not to notice, they must be incredibly dense. Their behavior in not noticing is so idiotic that we can't take them seriously or care about what they do. One answer might be to limit Bernie's exposure more severely, to show him just a little, at a distance, so that someone could plausibly be fooled by his appearance. To make his dead body a key element of the plot, but not the central one. In this movie, however, there are scenes in which characters actually wrap an arm around Bernie and hold business conversations with him. We can't believe they could be so unobservant. To prove my point, one of the scenes that does work is successful because Bernie is kept off screen. That's the one where his New York mistress, Catherine Parks, goes into the bedroom where Bernie's body awaits her while the two heroes look at each other in consternation. When she emerges, she says that Bernie has never been better. What happened behind the closed door? The joke works because we don't know. And that's the end of Ebert's review. So I totally understand where Ebert's coming from with his review. The premise is absolutely ridiculous, and the fact that a full movie was made from this seems crazy. And Ebert often gets agitated at certain films because they are far too impractical for his liking. But for me, the impracticality of films is case by case. For example, Weekend at Bernie's doesn't bother me at all. It feels like a Looney Tunes cartoon. However, when sports movies have absurd twists and turns, I'm more likely to be agitated just like Ebert is, and just how he felt towards Weekend at Bernie's. All right, let's get into the main cast. You have Andrew McCarthy playing Larry. McCarthy was uh, part of the so-called Brat Pack of the mid-1980s, appearing in a variety of films geared towards older teens and college students. His film debut was with Rob Lowe in 1983 for the movie Class. In 1985, he was in two films, Heaven Help Us, and the ultimate Brat Pack flick, St. Elmo's Fire. However, it was next year, with Pretty in Pink, that he really became a star. And two other films that McCarthy starred in prior to Weekend at Bernie's were complete opposites, at least tone-wise. You have the screwball comedy Mannequin, which I love, with Kim Cattrall, and then the very dark Less Than Zero with Robert Downey Jr., based on the Brett Easton Ellis novel. Jonathan Silverman plays Richard, and Weekend at Bernie's would be Silverman's biggest film to this point in his career, uh, though he, he did have a reoccurring role on the TV series Give Me a Break. His film debut was in 1985's Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Sarah Jessica Parker was in that. I believe Helen Hunt as well. Uh, he was also in the forgettable <laughs> sequel Caddyshack 2 prior to Weekend at Bernie's. Terry Kaiser plays Bernie, and it's kind of crazy when your best-known role is for playing a dead guy. But that is the case for Kaiser. Uh, however, he has been an ongoing working character actor since the 1970s on film and television, and he, and he continues to be in things today. Uh, I remember seeing him in Walker, Texas Ranger, which, thanks to the coronavirus, I bought the complete series. <laughs> I've been knocking through that. The director was Ted Kotcheff, and he began working as a TV director starting in the late 1950s and then worked steadily through the 1970s, but his film debut as a director was in 1977 for the original version of Fun with Dick and Jane with Jane Fonda and George Siegel, which is a great movie. He also directed North Dallas 40, the football movie, uh, in 1979 with Nick Nolte. He directed First Blood, of course, with Sylvester Stallone in 1982, and then Uncommon Valor in 1983 with Gene Hackman. All right, let's get into the film. So Larry, Andrew McCarthy, and Richard, Jonathan Silverman, are buddies who work at an insurance company in New York City. So the movie starts as the two are walking to work on a Sunday, and they're totally annoyed that they are they have to work on the weekend, and they even ignore <laughs> an attempted mugging in Central Park because it's too hot to deal with that shit. As we discover, Larry is the laid-back, doesn't-take-life-too-seriously sort of guy, while Richard is totally uptight, He's always towing the line, that sort of guy. This is your typical buddy kind of movie trope, and it's no different in Weekend at Bernie's. Larry wants to go to the beach, but instead they lounge on the office rooftop doing their work. Well, Richard's working. Larry is sitting in an inflated kiddie pool. So it's pretty funny and retro to watch the guys flip through all their stacks of spreadsheet paper, which is, if you're old enough to remember, it's that old dot matrix style computer paper where you had to kind of tear off the sides, which had holes punched in them. And all of their number crunching today would be on Excel or Google Sheets now. Richard discovers a $2 million discrepancy with the books where the company overpaid for the same death four times. Now, the guys think that finding this error will actually help them move up the corporate ladder since it will recoup money for the company. So the next day, they attempt to meet with the CEO, Bernie Wilmax, and that's Terry Kaiser, to show him the accounting error. 
But Bernie blows him off and tells him to come back later in the day. In the meantime, Richard has a huge crush on one of the summer interns named Gwen, and that's Catherine Mary Stewart. And you might remember her in The Last Starfighter from 1984. So Richard just looks like a complete idiot trying to talk to Gwen. And again, this is a typical movie trope of, you know, the shy, uptight guy who can't put two words together when attempting to talk to a female that he likes. However, Gwen does find Richard's awkwardness kind of cute, and she agrees to go on a date with him. The problem is Richard still lives with his parents. More on that later. Next, Larry and Richard are called up by Bernie for their meeting. Now, Bernie is your stereotypical 80s CEO. He's rich, beautiful girlfriend, he's a cokehead, and he drives a sports car. The guys present their findings to Bernie, and Bernie disputes their discovery, saying it's not an error, but that multiple policies were issued, and it was a normal type of policy transaction. And then Bernie kind of gets indignant, saying that the guys were wasting his time. Richard, though, sticks to his guns and his original findings and shows Bernie that the policies were dated after the policyholder died. Bernie now sees the heir and commends the guys for their hard work. Since the heir could be someone defrauding the company, Bernie tells the guys to keep it quiet so he can investigate. Bernie then invites the boys to his beach house in the Hamptons for the Labor Day weekend so they can continue their work and also have fun over the holiday weekend. As it turns out, and this is no surprise, Bernie is the one embezzling funds from the company, and he's also working for a mobster named Vito. How original. Bernie wants Larry and Richard bumped off while they stay in his place at the Hamptons. Vito agrees to the hit request initially, and Bernie leaves to the dinner meeting. However, Vito is getting tired of Bernie's slip-ups financial, and he also knows that Bernie is sleeping with his wife. So instead of killing Richard and Larry, Vito decides that Bernie is the one that's going to get bumped off. So next, Larry and Gwen are enjoying their date, and then it comes to the point where they'd like to be going to a quiet place and chat alone. Gwen has five roommates, so her place is out, and then Richard agrees to go back to his place. But he doesn't tell Gwen that he lives with his parents, and things don't go as planned. Well, I, I feel like I can trust you. Um, they were in a train accident. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what it was with trains, but they, they, they just always like to travel on oh. trains. I'm sorry. How awful for you. Yeah. You know, I always thought trains were so much safer than planes. Well, actually, a plane fell on the train. company. Uh, good evening, young lady. That, that, that's all right, Monroe. Uh, y yes, just, w will you please just go lay out my uh, navy blue suit for the morning, please? How about if I lay you out? Very well. You let your butler talk to you like that? Well, he's, he's, he's a vet. He's, he's got a steel plate in his head. It's... Uh, Gwen, that's not what you think. Goodbye, Richard. So Richard's butler, who is actually his dad, is actually the director, Ted Kotcheff. All right, so Bernie arrives too early to his giant beach house, as does Vito's hitman, Polly, played by Don Calfa. While Larry and Richard take a ferry to get to the house, Polly kills Bernie by shooting him with a lethal dose of heroin. Polly also stuffs a bag of dope in Bernie's pocket to stage an overdose. By the way, Kalfa is great as the bumbling hitman in this movie. 
Larry and Richard arrive to the house and look around, amazed by the luxury. Eventually, they find Bernie slumped over in his office chair, thinking that he's asleep or he was passed out drunk. They carry him over to the couch, and then they figure out what's going on. You're dropping things right out of your pocket here. Larry! Larry! You want to come in here for a minute, huh? Yeah, look, Rich is instant, okay? That's fine. What? Look what I found in his pocket. Wow. Jesus. I never knew he was into the drug scene. God, look how much is here. This is not recreational, Rich. This is a career. This man needs some help, you know that? If he's not careful, he's gonna wake up one morning dead. I watch 2020, I know the statistics. I read. <sighs> what? Larry Lomax is dead. No, you can't be. Oh. Why do these things always happen to me? What kind of a host invites you to his house for the weekend and dies on you? I, why would he do this, huh? I mean, he had everything. A house, cars, women. This is tragic. I don't understand why he couldn't wait until Monday to kill himself. Look, we, we, we have to call the police, huh? I mean, and how am I going to get back to the city? He promised me a ride. Knock it off, Larry. Who cares about a ride? We're talking death here. I mean, this is just my luck. I finally catch a break at the office, finally see some light at the end of the tunnel, and wham! God! Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What am I going to tell them? Huh? I mean, they, they, they might think we had something to do with it. You know, I told everyone at the office we were going out to Bernie's house for the weekend. They were so jealous. I mean, I loved it. <laughs> now what am I going to tell them? I don't know. Have you had a chance Hi, to think about my offer? You know, $30,000 is more than decent price for that car. Look, you just think about it. Take your time. Don't rush into anything. See you later. Excuse me. Harvey, you promised me a review on the front page of the Sunday Times book section. I know, Alice, but he won't bend on it. He says there's no interest in the subject. No line. interest Pardon in the subject. What's the book about? Uh, whether Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson were secretly married. Eyes, nose, and breasts. How much, though? A little though? tuck here, a little sand there, a little lip there. Do I need that much? Those people, where did all these people come from? Floating party. Happens every weekend. Like a drink? No, thanks. Yeah, I'd love some champagne, thanks. Hey, Bernie, what a radical party. <laughs> Gotta move your workout to late tomorrow afternoon, B. Liza's mate's over for the weekend, and I had to give her your regular time. <laughs> Thanks, Klaus. I got it. See you, Buck. Yeah. Ah. Feels good, eh, Burn? You're really loose. Never seen you this relaxed before. Keep it up, huh? I gotta go. Duty calls. <laughs> Man, what a great-looking corpse. Nobody seems to realize or care that he's dead. This goes to Ebert's point. The boys are amazed by watching the scene of rich idiots and hangers-on. As long as there's booze and drugs around, nobody cares. And then Larry gets a brilliant idea to not tell anyone that Bernie's dead and act like he's alive in order for them to enjoy the weekend living in luxury. Of course, this is a terrific idea because it's an 80s comedy. Richard, of course, is against the idea until Gwen shows up to the party and his attitude magically changes. You're probably right. Oh, Bernie. Here we go. Sure, move it over a little bit, okay, baby? Yeah. 
Paul. I don't understand why we have to move him, Rich. Oh, don't ask me any questions, Lair. Just move him. Oh. Here we go. Ready? I can't believe I'm touching a dead body. Who's your boss? Come on. Let's go. Whoa. Come on, you have too much again, you big knucklehead. Come on, let's go. Come on, he's crazy. Here we go. Walk it off, big guy. Nice outfit. Look even nicer. Crumpled up on my floor in the morning. Polyester doesn't crumple. Hey, Bernie. Hey, Bernie, just like last week, huh? Bernie! Bernie? All right. Okay. Look me in the eyes. Fifty thousand. Yes, yes, yes. I know it. Thank you, Bernie. Thank you so much. This guy's like family. You're beautiful. Bernie. <laughs> Jesus. Oh God. Hi, boys. Great view. Hello there. How are you? I give it an eight point three. Um, Larry, we can't just leave him there, you know. Richard. Girl, beach, sand, surf, moonlight. You ever see here to eternity, Rich? You're right, we'd better get him. 30 minutes, then we call the cops. Not a second more. So the audio clips are funny, but seeing a flimsy Bernie being carried by the guys is even more funny. And I wonder if acting classes have full courses about playing dead for the entire mo- for entire uh, movie or play. I don't know. Anyway, Bernie is left laying face down in the sand on the beach after falling over the deck. So Richard walks around the beach with Gwen since Bernie isn't going anywhere. At least not until the tide starts to come closer to the shore. And you can guess where this one's headed. Gwen and Richard make out on the beach, and then they are interrupted by a surprise. I've had a crush on you since the first day I saw you at work. I'm crazy about you. This is so right. Oh my God, this can't be happening to me. It's happening to both of us. You're right. It's all right. No, no, this isn't right. It's all wrong. Not here in the sand. You deserve more than this. You need music. You need flowers. You need candles. You need... You need to get out of here. Oh, are you kidding me? Oh, no, I'm very serious. You could catch a cold. Where do you live? Dune Walk. Mister? Hello? Oh, Jesus, what is it with this place? Larry! Hello? Hey, how are you? Party's over. You gotta go home now. Oh, he's swimming there. I had a wonderful time. I'm sorry I have to leave so early. Have fun. See you at the next one. Can you just give me 30 seconds? Bernie is waiting for us. Look, Bernie isn't going anywhere, okay? I need you, Lair. Bernie, he needs you too. How am I supposed to know that the tide is going to come up that high? I don't want to talk about it, Lair. I don't understand why this is becoming all my fault. Bernie! Did you invite somebody over? Of course not. Well, somebody's here. Well, you shove him in the bed and we'll say he's sleeping. To further complicate matters, Vito's wife Tina and Bernie's mistress shows up to the house as planned. She's beyond mad and tears up the place looking for Bernie. The guys tell her that he's up in the bedroom. One of Vito's other guys, Marty, is keeping an eye on the place to make sure that Bernie is dead and sees Tina go into Bernie's room. Well, what gives? She's been up there, what? 10, 15 minutes? I don't get it. Oh, 
Okay up there. Never been better. All good. Mm. How do you like that? I gets laid more dead than I do alive. No, she couldn't have. He couldn't have. I get yelled at when I just lay there. <sighs> yeah, what's a little necrophilia between friends, right? So now we have the typical Mary mix-up as Marty tells Vito that Bernie is still alive because he saw Tina in Bernie's bedroom for 30 minutes and they think that Polly's botched the hit on Bernie. So Polly returns to kill Bernie again. It's a funny scene as Bernie slips onto the beach from the deck and right next to Polly, who strangles the already dead Bernie and then buries him in the sand. And then Larry and Richard stumble upon a message on Bernie's answer machine in which Polly and Bernie talk about killing the guys. Richard now realizes that Bernie was the embezzler all along, and then they find a suitcase full of cash in Bernie's office, which has a fake suicide note for Larry and Richard, which would make them out to be the embezzlers. Panic, the guys think they're safe as long as they can hang around Bernie, not realizing that Bernie was the original hit all along. It's this type of plot that TV shows like Three's Company was successful really doing. Anyway, they unbury Bernie, and no thanks to this little kid on the beach. Right, uh, right there. There's no Bernie. <laughs> He's gotta be rich. I dumped him here myself. Well, where is he? Larry? Excuse me. Hey, hey, kid. Hey, what are you doing? What do you want? Hey, you hey, little brat. What are you doing? What are you get doing? Out hey, get, get out of there, kid. What the yes, hell are you doing? You can't beat it, you, you little... This is private property. Hey, you. You talking to me? Yeah. Oh, shut up. Who are you talking to? You lousy. You better be gone by the time we get there, hey? Hey, see the scrap. Get lost, you miss. You little bastard. How'd you like to kiss this? Bigger problems over here. my ass. What kind of home training is that? He buried all of Bernie. Jeez. Come on. Jesus. Come on. Good thing for you, you're dead, pal. I actually felt sorry for you, you ratchet. It looks good enough. Let's go. Uh-oh. Larry. What? Jesus. I never knew he wore a toupee. How do you like that? You can hardly tell. Who cares? Who cares? What are we going to do about it? We can't take him out like this. Killer might not know it's Bernie and shoot us. <laughs> it's a long way. It's been fun, but not really. Goodbye, Rich. Full of grace, the Lord is. Oh, Jesus, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is. <laughs> you little bastard! Get the fuck here, you little mutt! Never mind him. I am gonna rip your gums out. So they staple back on Bernie's toupee, by the way. So the guys try to get Bernie on a ferry to get off the island to the horror of Polly, who still can't believe that Bernie's still, you know, alive, at least to him. They miss the ferry and return back to Bernie's place and knock out a gardener and workman because they think they're hit, man. And then they return back to the dock to take Bernie's boat and get off the island. Okay, ready? Mm -hmm. On three. Here we go. One, two, three. Okay, got it. Let's go. 
Mhm. Okay, und heiß. Okay? Give me the keys, Richard. You ever driven a boat before, Lair? I was born on a boat. Okay. This is a fancy boat. <laughs> okay. All right. Push something. I am, Richard. Nothing's happening. I Push know, something I know. Else. Something's happening. I hear something. Something's okay. definitely happening okay. here, huh? <laughs> ah! God! Oh, wait a minute! Hold on! Hold on! Damn. Hold on! Are you trying to give me a heart attack? Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I know it's here. All right. Just keep pressing those I'm buttons. Pressing the buttons. I'm pressing the buttons. I'm pressing. I press that button, Richard. Okay. I know that, Richard. Did you try the key? Of course. Don't insult my intelligence. I tried the key again. Fine. See that? See that? Okay. Here we go. Give it some gas now. Giving it gas. 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 Nothing's happening. More gas. More gas. Come on, a little more gas. A little more gas. Are Why aren't we moving? I don't know. That's it. That's all we got. Larry, you said you've done this before. It's different than my boat, okay? Oh! Yeah. Don't panic. Don't panic. Stop the boat, Larry. Oh, oh stop. Illegal. What you're doing is illegal. Okay, you have a nice day now. Okay. Are you nuts? Yeah, you got it now. Here we go. Moving forward. Hold on. Oh, shit! Hey! Larry! 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 Larry, Rich! Coming back! Coming around! <laughs> oh, why is this happening to me? Coming back! I'd like a woman like that. One job to well, do. Well, let's not argue about, about it, Richard, please. Jesus. Stop arguing. All right, bring me. You were the one who tied him up. Don't blame this one on me. Oh, my God. What? 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 He lost my sunglasses. They eventually run out of gas and decide to use Bernie as a life raft battling to shore. Polly is losing his mind because he still can't believe that Bernie is still alive. So, will the boys and Gwen avoid Polly who is still trying to kill the already dead Bernie? Well, what do you think? It's an insane 80s comedy. To me, what is even more crazy is that a sequel was made from this film, and not surprisingly, it didn't do well at all. The premise works once. Two is just too much, even for people who like these type of films, like your beloved host. All right, some fun facts. In 2014, director Ted Kotcheff and screenwriter Robert Klein filed a lawsuit against MGM and 20th Century Fox for breach of contract for profits they were claimed were due from this film. 
Terry Kaiser's stunt double suffered a few broken ribs during filming, mostly in the scene where Bernie is dragged around the surface of the ocean, bumping into metal floating obstacles. Originally, Weekend Bernie's was considered a possible vehicle for Corey Haim and Corey Feldman in early production uh, before they decided to make the leads a bit older. Actually, I think this would have worked. It's, it's no more ridiculous than, let's say, License to Drive. Andrew McCarthy was asked to read the script to think about playing the part of Richard. When he read it, he loved the part of Larry and got that part instead. All right, so what type of person, what type of guest would love this movie? Well, it's Sonny Pooney from the Grown Up Rock Podcast and also Podcast Rock City. He enjoys this movie, so we discussed that with him. And then I will be back next week to talk about yet another random movie from my DVD collection. All right, we're back with Sonny Pooney from the Grown Up Rock Podcast. How you doing, Sonny? I am doing well. How are you, sir? I'm great. Well, you're doing better than Bernie because you're alive and well, and and we're quarantined or somewhat quarantined. We're staying at home, but yes, we're still better than than Bernie in this film and Bernie Womax. Uh, okay, on paper, this is the most ridiculous premise I've ever heard in my life. And then they made a sequel. So I won't ask you about the sequel yet, but we're gonna get there. When did you did hearing about this movie? You're like, am I really going to see this? Or were you like, oh, yeah, I'm all in. Uh, yeah, there was no way I was going to watch this in the theater. <laughs> this was a straight up VHS rental for me. Um, I will tell you, though, the topic is unique and mm-hmm. it does hold up the movie. The, the rest of the movie is close. I think it holds up. Oh, I agree. Like on paper, it shouldn't work. And then you watch it and it does. Crazy enough, it works. Yeah, it, it's it surprises me because um Really, well, I guess, you know, the committed guy and the not so much committed guy, the shy guy, the not, you know, the more brash guy, the sleazy boss, I guess that writes well for a movie. I mean, there's movies like that today. There's probably more in the eighties and nineties than there are today, but, uh, um, but this whole at the beach, rich guys got it all. It's always been a staple in movies. Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. I, and I don't know if they thought that Andrew McCarthy and John, Jonathan Silverman were going to kind of be like that comedy duo, but you never really saw them. I mean, they did do the sequel, but they didn't start, I think, in films again together. Uh, but they do work well together in this film. Yeah, I think it's uh, and I don't know how they are in their personal life, but uh, in this movie, they're so different from each other that it absolutely works because you need kind of a nut job and a guy who's got a straight head uh in a close friendship like that right and what's funny is usually uh andrew mccarthy was the opposite in his other movies you know he was kind of the shy guy or you know like in pretty in pink he wasn't like the asshole like uh like uh, spader yeah no absolutely and i'm not a huge andrew mccarthy fan to be honest with you i would say this Mm -hmm. movie and probably less than zero are two of my favorites the rest of it i'm like eh maybe yeah, and even in Less Than Zero, he's like kind of the calm guy. He's not the crazy guy like Robert Downey Jr. That's right. That's right. I was going to say, I remember this movie. So when I, I put it in the VHS player, and you know, you're you're reading the front and back because, you know, the VHS thingies um, or the DVDs used to have the thing on the back that you could read that tells you about the movie. Sure. And um, I remember as I put this movie in, it kind of starts a little bit meh, right? So I'm like, uh this movie, I don't know if I can make it all the way through. And there was, there's not very, I can maybe name 10 movies that I didn't make it all the way through. One was last night, by the way. Um, well, I got to know. Probably, See, we're we're, we're, we're going to go back to this, but I got to know. Now, what are the movies you couldn't make it through? Um, what was that movie with Woody Harrelson when they were shooting people on the street? Oh, Natural oh, Born Killers? Oh, my God. I made it through maybe 15 minutes. Oh, man. I, I was in the I was in the theater <laughs> yeah. for that one. Uh, I didn't want to leave. Uh, the the accused. Uh, oh, yeah. too, brutal! Uh, too much, too much for me. Sleeping I watch, the enemy. Oh, I didn't even yeah. ask him beating her up at the beginning. I, yes. I walked out. Yeah, the I have an accused story. So I was in my I forgot what class it was, but I think it was a might have been like a a women's history class in college and uh they made us watch the accused but not the whole movie just the one scene like in the bar and wow to walking out of class like just you know getting stares i'm like i didn't do it, it wasn't me i didn't do it we're just watching the film you know that's it's but it is so brutal to watch that film yeah last night i walked out on music man mm. i'm just like i can't handle the singing of the the context, like, I'm just like, I'm, I, I was two songs in. I'm like, babe, I love you, but I can't watch this. 
you're not so you're we kind of discussed are you a big musical guy besides no, Greece? not at all not at all yeah. but uh yes. yeah that's some of them but uh i remember this movie so i'm watching i'm like uh, i don't know if i'm gonna make it through and then tawny comes to borrow the boat <laughs> Elise Elise brody i think that is right eloise yeah. brody yeah i'm like oh okay this movie's looking up i think i can make it through the rest of the movie now <laughs> There was a great scene with uh, the woman that that's um, the mobster's kind of girlfriend wife that shows up and then ends up hooking up with Bernie. That That's a funny scene. So what are some of your other favorite uh, scenes from this? And uh, yeah, and, and eventually we'll get to it. Did you ever see the sequel? Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. Um, okay. I think it's interesting. It took three times to kill Bernie, although Bernie was dead <laughs> from the first shot. That's right. Um, Jumping onto the ferry, this docking instead of leaving. I thought that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole uh, story about um, Silverman's parents being dead, that was terrible. And then having yeah. your dad walk out in his underwear and saying he's your butler, that's not a good idea. Uh-huh. Um, I wanted to ask you, would you rather live with your folks or would you rather live in a cockroach apartment? Oh, folks, no, easy. Really? Easy. I'd rather yeah. be out of the house, I think. Well, I get, I get everything's different. So does it mean you're the only, like, do you have your brothers and sisters also there too? Or is it just you? Just me. Okay. No, definitely with my parents. I get along with them great. I get great podcast interviews out of them. No, I think it'd be great. <laughs> um, I love the part where McCarthy calls for the police. And well, Ed, uh, he's, uh, I don't know where he is right now. Would you like <laughs> to leave a message? Yeah. Help. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, there's some real, yeah, well, of course, Bernie's woman comes and has sex with him. And that's right. Dead, so that's, mm-hmm. that's a little, that's a little bit interesting. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's some, there's some parts of the movie that like that whole on the, um, on the water with the boat crashing into other things, like parts of it's like a little bit slaps, slapstick comedy, but then um, having to swim back ashore, go back to the house you were at, that that, that, that part's probably a little weird. But uh, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you catch it, but uh, one of the guys who are at the whatever yacht club, I guess you would call it, or boat club or whatever it is, mm-hmm. he's sitting on his boat. He's like, oh, that's illegal. What you're doing there is illegal. Like anybody gives a shit. Like, I, wow. <laughs> Yeah, it is funny when we're really starting to watch a movie, like the little subtle subtleties you pick up. I do love the hitman, Polly, though, the Vito's hitman, because he he's just he can't figure out why Bernie keeps living, even though he's not really alive. Yeah, I would tell you the way they kind of kept him going with Polly was unique. I think that part of the writing was unique. Yeah. Uh, after all this, you know, coronavirus stuff, like I was like, he's leaving, you know, they're leaving DNA on briefcases <laughs> and on answer machines and suicide notes. I'm like, you gotta have gloves on or something. What the hell are you do? I keep forgetting. It's like an older movie and maybe all that stuff didn't matter. I don't know. Right. Right. They didn't think about stuff like that. I mean, but with the exception of fingerprints, like you said, it is funny now that you brought it up. It's like, do you watch TV or, or movies now and think, whoa, they're not six feet apart. How, why? Oh, that's not good. Like it's starting to get into our psyche. Oh yeah. It's I'll watch, you know, I love Seinfeld reruns, right? Sure. So I'll watch Seinfeld or friends or whatever. And I'm like, man, if cell phones were available at that time, this whole episode changes like Absolutely. this. There, there's two or three Seinfeld episodes that if there's no phone, there'd be no episode. That's right. Wait, what did Superman try to, uh, you know, cause he'd always go in the phone booth to change his, into his <laughs> costume. He couldn't do that anymore. Cause there's no more phone booths. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> whole, whole plot points are gone. It's funny. Cause I saw, uh, so speaking of the actor that played Bernie, he actually had been binging on Walker, Texas Ranger. He's actually a reoccurring character on that, too, playing a, a, a mobster, kind of a but like a lowly, you know, he's low on the totem pole mobster. He always plays kind of the same character. Yeah, I didn't watch that show much. I remember uh, he was in Side Out. Yeah. Um, and then he was in some TV episodes. I would see him every once in a while, like some of my favorite shows, like, you know, Will and Grace or Three's Company or WKRP. Like you see him every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've not seen him in a ton else. I've not seen Catherine, uh, Catherine Mary Stewart in anything else. That's true. That's an interesting character. You would think that her, you know, cause she is kind of a love interest, but she does, she just really doesn't do much in this film. Yeah. And she's not ultra hot, but you know, neither is either of the guys really. Right. So no. I guess it works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But, but you uh, were kind of, I, I don't know about you. I was expecting more from that character. I don't know. Maybe it's just that eighties trope. 
Yeah, that might be, that might be. But, uh, if you think about, you know, no, what's a better way to start a romance with a dead body and you falling down <laughs> the stairs like that, that alludes to a kiss, right? I mean, well, wow. as, you, as you mentioned, seeing the dad in the underwear, that, that would be kind of a relationship, uh, stopper i think for a lot of people well plus he's like you know richard is is falling over himself they like overdoing it in the office you know it, it's kind of it was kind of uh it wasn't even charming it was almost annoying yeah yeah I, it it's a this is a fun movie uh, the okay the sequel yeah let's I, get into that i i've never seen it so i'm going with you worst <laughs> I, wait i would call it the worst sequel of all time but i've seen grease 2 so it's the <laughs> second worst sequel of all time but have you seen blues brothers 2000 okay yeah that's still better than those two other ones wow okay because we yeah, got the yeah. music so that's true yeah grease 2 the music was even bad okay you're gonna have to explain the plot of the second one because i how, how the hell do they bring bernie back i you know what it's been a long time since okay. i saw it back but it's very like jamaica and i think he's he's in a morgue that's mm-hmm. where they kind of start, but something happens to where they get him out of the morgue for whatever reason. I can't remember the plot, to be honest with you. That's how bad the movie is. I remember seeing it going, why am I watching this train wreck? And I remember going, because I'm a completist, and I saw the first one. Now I have to finish this. <laughs> so, I'm okay, I did a quick search on Wiki just to get some. Okay, so they're in the Virgin Islands, yeah. and a voodoo queen named Mobu is... Uh, hired by mobsters to find the money that Bernie stole. So there, that's, I guess the, the main plot. And so, oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah. So we will not be covering weekend at Bernie's too. I do not own that. I am not a masochist. So <laughs> did you find yourself trying to figure out like, when are they actually using Terry and when is it like a really good dummy? Oh, that's a good point. No, I, but that's, that brings up a good point. So I, w- were you looking for that? I was, I think a lot of the water stuff obviously was a dummy, right? Sure. But I think there's a lion's share of this movie that that's actually Terry. It, that's a good point. I wish I could find maybe details on that. Yeah. I wonder if they, <laughs> what a job as a stunt actor. Usually they have to do these, these elaborate stunts and there, this stunt was basically don't die and play dead. You know, when you're being floated in the water or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Cause it lends to the character of, you know, just kind of drop your body weight. So people have to drag you. Right. So then the other two consistently have to drag you around, which adds to the reality of the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. But, uh, in the water, it, you know, you just have a stunt double. Usually in this case, just have a dummy do it. That was kind of a, that reminded me of a, another funny scene with the kid, I guess that kept burying him. Yeah. I guess that guy became a director, right? He didn't really, um, do any other movies. No, no, I don't think so either. So. So we, again, you, you enjoy this. You would recommend it. I, I besides this, when was the last time you saw it? Uh, this is a movie I probably see once or twice a year. Cause it's usually on network TV and they mm. cut out some of the parts cause it's not really raunchy and there, I don't, I don't know if there's any nudity in it at all. So no, not at all. Yeah. So it's not a, lot, a ton they have to cut out and the movie's only about, I think 93, 98 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's perfect for that. Throw in commercials and, uh, you know, and run it a couple hours on a, on a TV cable uh, right. series. So yeah, it works, but I usually, usually see it about once or twice a year. It is funny how certain movies kind of get in the, you know, the, uh, the movie viewer DNA. Cause I think a lot of people have never seen this movie, but you say weekend at Bernie's, they know the plot. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Uh, oh, you know, um, you know who sings that, um, the outro song. Oh no, I don't. Oh, oh my God. All right. So that song, I, I almost forgot to talk about this. <laughs> that song is called hot and cold. Okay. And it is actually sang by Jermaine Stewart. Do you remember oh, who wow. that is? Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to take our clothes off to have a good time. That's right. This is the only other song he's known for. So, uh, see, this is why I we have Sunny on. Yeah. You can't forget the music growing up rock, man. That's right. <laughs> well, as always, thank you so much, Sonny. And uh, don't die on me, man. Because I, I don't want to carry you around. Oh, yeah. No, I'd be a hard one to carry around. Okay. <laughs> We'll leave it at that. Thank you so much, Sonny. Later. Hey, this is Stephen Michael from the Growing Up Rock podcast. If you're like me and my co-host, Sonny Hollywood Pooney, you grew up loving hard rock and metal music. 
check out our podcast where we talk to bands and artists that help create the soundtrack to our lives, along with playing some killer new and old deep tracks of kick-ass guitar-driven rock and roll. Find us wherever you find your podcast to listen to. That's the Growing Up Rock Podcast, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K. And feel free to hit us up at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Growing Up Rock. So sit back and crank it up. Hey, this is Brian Davis, and you might know me from the Damn Good Movie Memories podcast. And now, get ready for the Bad Beat Show on ThatMetalStation.com. From 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern every Wednesday night. I'm going to play some kick-ass hard rock inspired by the blues, because after all, the foundation of all things rock and metal is, of course, the blues. So join me every Wednesday night for the Bad Beat, because even when you lose, you still win. We are officially on Spotify now, so if you don't use iTunes, if you don't use the Podbean app, you can go to Spotify and get all of our past episodes. You can stream it on there, so if you're a Spotify user, you can go find Damn Good Movie (laughs) I can't even say my own podcast. Damn Good Movie Memories. Yes, I know what I'm talking about. I'm the host, right? Okay, so go to Spotify, look for Damn Good Movie Memories. You can stream all of that stuff, and yeah, so if you don't want to use iTunes, you don't want to use Podbean, you can use Spotify as well. All right, before we sign off, we do have t-shirts are available for sale. All you have to do is go to tpublic, that's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com, and you can get your very own Damn Good Movie Memories t-shirt. You can get all sizes, any gender, you can get whatever you want just at the tip of your fingers. So just go to tpublic.com, look up Damn Good Movie Memories, and you can get your very own t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast and are an iTunes user, please do the show a favor and head on over to the official iTunes page for Damn Good Movie Memories. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. This will allow the show to appear higher in the algorithm and spread the joy of this podcast to the masses. If you are not an iTunes user, you can still listen and subscribe on Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook under our Damn Good Movie Memories page. You can also listen to a limited number of episodes on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in next week for an all new episode of Damn Good Movie Memories. I am Dr. Fuck. And I'm the Antol Alcohola. And we are part of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. We are the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. That's right. The way you can check us out is we are on iTunes and also Podbean. And we forgot a review recently. I got this review right here. It says right here, it says, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast is the greatest podcast in the world. And it's my number one podcast signed by Science. Now, and then Science also says... Science! Science also said... My second favorite podcast is It Doesn't Matter, The Rest Suck. Rock and Metal Combat Podcast on iTunes and Poppy. Check it out. Science! Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Vieira Vault featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Vieira Vault on Podbean, Stitcher.com, and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs>